Hey guys, welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We're your hosts, Kevin and Aisha Shelton. And today... I'm exhausted. Kevin is going to try to sleep podcast me, y'all. So Definitely going to sleep I'm gonna, podcast. I'm going to hold it down for as long as I can, but he's a very heavy man. <laughs> Dang, that sounded really bad. Are you not a heavy man? Sure. You're six something feet tall. That caught, That's a lot of weight. <laughs> You're not getting any better. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, so um, funny story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On our horrible way in, it, I don't know, it's not that bad. I mean, it's the pretty. The store is not horrible. The person is pretty fucking bad. Oh, come on. She must have needed it. Or she must have just been a thief. Okay, so let's just get down to it. So we just witnessed a crime by Uber Eats. Definitely a crime. Uh, we saw the lady walk up. We're in a condo type building, and we saw the lady walk up to the building, use her phone. Put the food on the ground as if she She, delivered I'm sure she attempted to uh, contact whomever she was delivering the food to. That's a call and hang up. (laughs) Put the food on the ground. (laughs) And planted a voicemail. Put the food. She put the food on the ground in downtown Houston, like with homeless population is on fleek. Now, first off, when she put the food down, we were thinking like, she going to leave this food right here? (laughs) It's mad homeless people like right here. She going to leave it right here? And they were like. Oh, no. It gets worse. <laughs> okay, so she, she puts the food on the ground in downtown Houston with the homeless population just a few shy blocks away. Mm-hmm. And she takes a picture of it to show proof that she dropped the food off. She subsequently grabs the food. <laughs> that mug right <laughs> back the up. food off the ground. And walked moved back to her car. Got back in her car and drove away. So she totally stole. Now, she was looking at us. We were looking at her. She wasn't looking at us. She turned around and looked at us. Before she walked off, she looked at us like, and then walk up out of it. She looked at us like, I'm going to steal this food. <laughs> she definitely stole somebody's Uber Eats. And a few things come up for me. One, I'm like, oh, now it's got me thinking about, like, the people who handle my Uber Eats food. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's happening in there? It's just like the other day when we pulled up home, somebody dropped off Uber Eats at the house. And they looked crazy. They looked they look so wild. crazy. And they had a passenger. Yeah. Passenger was blowing some kind of smoke out of some indescribable smoke out of their window and i was like and my food was with you guys for i mean it's your food it ain't a baby (laughs) i don't know it seems as if uber eats drivers are just getting more and more sketch these days you know the thing about it is and this plays into our topic for this week it's the economy okay before you get to the topic i have one last chagrin about the economy and uber eats all right go ahead (laughs) So yesterday I ordered food from Uber Eats. So I'm at the office and I have a meeting at the end of the day. I told you this story, right? Have a meeting at the end of the day. So I was like, well, let me grab some food, Uber Eats style, lost and found down the street, literally two miles from the office. Mm -hmm. And I submit my order to Uber Eats is $50. I got a (laughs) a bowl of gumbo for $27 (laughs) and a dessert for $10 and 50 cents. And after all of the Uber Eats fees, it was 50 bucks, right? So I get buyer's remorse, and I was like, you know what? I could just get in my car and ride down the street and pick that food up myself and save a significant amount of money. I tried to cancel it. Not even a minute and a half later, it says, you're welcome to cancel this order. We'll give you a refund, but we're going to have to charge you $40.29 on a $50 order. So there, Uber can really suck it. 
given that. No, I mean, we just need to not patronize. It works for a lot of people. It creates a lot of jobs, you know, gives people lots of convenience. But is it something that's worth our time every day? No. No, not every day. And then I was talking to another friend, hope you're not listening, friend, said that him and his wife spent $3,000 on what Uber f- Eats. <laughs> what friend were you talking You didn't tell me that. I forgot that part. $3,000? $3,000 in a month on Uber Eats. I think I know who this friend is. <laughs> I think I know who this I was like, is. oh, friend. He was like, I'm so embarrassed. And we did it more than once. Three. That's balling. Go ahead. Thousand dollars on you Uber Eats. I need to get my life together. Listen. Ooh, let me wake up and get I'll back to work. I'll say that again. Three thousand dollars. That's on Uber more than Eats. our household food budget times three. <laughs> Listen. So, yeah, Uber is really winning out here. If you're thinking about buying stock, try Uber because it's down right now. We are. It's a perfect time to buy because everybody has gotten used to the conveniences of it. Well, let's it. let's talk about that. Right now, the market is down so much that people feel like um, they're unsure about the economy. But when you think about Uber or Facebook or Tesla or any of these businesses that are traded on the stock market, the one thing to think about is what do you use every day, right? What do you bank your life on? And are those businesses just experiencing a correction where they're now at a, a discount or is this a permanent damage to their value? And you can talk to many analysts and stuff like that, but really what it comes down to is on some of those companies that are tried to right now, it's the best opportunity to buy, mm-hmm. right? So this week's episode is called 2022 um, inflation for investors. Or what, what was it? Um, the recession edition. The recession edition. There we go. So um, we really wanted to talk about the impact to all these different things happening in the market, whether it's interest rates, purchase prices, available uh, credit right now, the ability to go out and actually find a home to buy, the ability to go out and, you know, raise capital or affect your your um portfolio as far as your stock portfolio retirement accounts stuff like that there's a lot of things happening and really you have to find the opportunity in the obstacles and the hardship in order to continue your investment career yeah so as business people and real estate investors the one thing that we do is keep moving right so it doesn't matter what's happening in the economy like The economy is going to be up and the economy is going to be down. And y'all hear us talk all the time about pivoting. And so it's just time to pivot. So whatever it is that you're going to do, however you make money, you need to align yourself with whatever the pivot is going to be. So it's a good lesson to me in not not banking your business on one thing. Right. Um, And I think we've spoken before on this platform about how we've kind of diversified the services that we have building luxury homes in the million dollar price point, building affordable homes and also market rate homes. So what's being impacted for us right now is the market rate homes. Right. Prices going up. Interest rates have gone up dramatically. We've had, you know, historically high. Just had a rate hike today had a historically high rate hike done today by the Fed. And so you have this, 
that's that's going to be affected. That's a pillar of our business that's certainly going to be affected by what happened. Um, same thing in the luxury market, right? Yep. So million dollar price point, everybody's stocks are going down. They're making different decisions based on these long-term decisions. Do I want to buy a million dollar plus house with a 7% interest rate? Like, yep. does it make sense? So all of those decisions are being made. But guess what the government is always going to do? Provide housing. Yep. The government is always going to have programming for housing. So what we've decided was, I mean, it's a need that needs to be met, but yep. also... It's also a great business move. It's a great investment for and I think it's the a, direction a we're going. It's a move of accessibility, right? Like we want to make our homes accessible to everybody. And the reality of the situation is as prices increase, everybody falls in that range of needing affordability. Yeah. Right? So um, it's not even a – it's not a re- desire. It's a necessity, like you were saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You do need housing, and it is the government's job to help with that. They're not going to give it to you, but can they create opportunities? Definitely. And I think that we just want to be a part of that solution for sure. And listen, inflation has been inflating, and gas, Everybody, everybody's posting about gas being out of control. But guess what I see everybody still doing? Buying luxury items. Driving. Driving. I see people driving, right? Like, Gas is, you went and filled up your tank and you spent $100. What you going to do about it? No. So we went <laughs> to D.C. a couple of weeks ago. And um, one of the things that we saw, we, we had an Uber ride and the Uber driver was in a Tesla. So we asked him about it. said, hey, you know, how do you like the Tesla compared or whatever? So he gave us the game. He's like, I lease this Tesla for $400 a week. Mm-hmm. And I it cost me about $10 a day to fill up on the power, on a supercharge. Uh, and then I make, you know, all these trips, but he's making about twenty five, twenty six hundred dollars a week. So for him, that's two thousand dollars a week that he's making. Yep. Right. That's a better job than he's ever had. Yeah. So it's a, at the same time, it's difficulty. There's opportunity in the difficulty. But he's not worried about the gas because he's supercharging and he's leasing it. So he didn't have to buy it. Yeah. Right. So you have to find your opportunity in the middle of all this difficulty because it's not that it's not there. It's that it's shrouded in the mess of the market. It's shrouded in yeah. the news. It's shrouded in, you know, what your friends say or what, Oh, my grandma told me, don't go down there to that store. Don't, you know, whatever. There are a lot of difficulties. There are a lot of dangers. There are a lot of obstacles, but it doesn't mean you can't a make money, B uh, build wealth, even in a crazy market like this. Yeah. Um, I think the people that are truly going to win mm-hmm. in business and in life are the people who are always looking for opportunity, right? Yep. So regardless of what the forecast is, you're looking for what the opportunity is. Yep. And so, yes, interest rates are high. Yes, we're in a recession. Where do the opportunities lie? Um, and I think that's what's the most important and also getting around people who are having conversations like this, right? Mm -hmm. Because right now you look at the news, there was a rate hike, right? A historically high rate hike. Um, And so like everybody else, everybody's panicking, everybody is complaining, get in rooms and sit around tables with people who are talking about what they're going to do to maximize in this position. Right. Um, and be a part of be a part of that conversation. What can you do to maximize? You know, it's interesting because, like you said, this was a historic rate hike. The rate is not historic, mm-hmm. 
right? So the change between low to high might have been the the history maker, but people have navigated in a seven percent market before. Right. People have navigated in a fifteen percent market and a twenty percent market. So you should Google. People should Google. Try this exercise. Google how to invest in real estate when the market's at 20% interest yeah. rate. Or how to invest in real estate in a recession. Like in a recession. What, are, what, are, what have people historically done in a, in a recession? What have investors historically done in a recession? And it's designed to kind of cool it down. It's yep. designed, like they make, they're the making money more expensive so that investors don't come in and just, I mean, well, kind of too late. But some of the chagrins that I've heard from people, and I'm interested to hear what you think about it, is that, yes, interest rates are still historically lower than they've been in the past, but the prices is the problem, right? Sure. It's prices are historically higher than they've been as well. So that's a combination of a couple of things. So that's a combination of uh, constraints in the materials market and the labor market coming from COVID, and people are still riding that wave, right? So when the margins were compressed during COVID because supply chains were compressed, people were trying to raise the price to make up for that gap. And now that that's starting to ease up, people are trying to keep their prices high to buy back some of that loss. Right. Um, so I get why I'm saying like people are, people are in an uncomfortable position because the interest rates have gone up and the prices have gone up. So sure. yes, historically low interest, I mean, lower than normal interest rates, but the prices also is the issue, is the challenge. True. So what you do is a couple of different things in a market like that, right? Now, you can either wait, which time in the market is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Or you can be more creative as far as how you finance things. Or you find the opportunities that aren't necessarily on market. Or you can have a creative purchase price so that you're not paying that full rate mm -hmm. and having that higher interest rate, right? Um, but this is the kind of market where it's best. It's best in class. So it's how you think about it that's going to help you navigate it, right? This is not a market where you can walk in, walk in any bank and get a loan, walk in any you know real estate market and find a deal. This is not that market. Yeah. This ain't for the weak at heart. Yeah. This is for the folks who really know their stuff, but those are the people who are going to win. If you look at 2008, if you look at after every major catastrophe, if you look at, you know, after 9-11, there are people who made millions of dollars in markets like this mm -hmm. by understanding the market and being prepared. There's a, a and I tell the story, I don't know if I've ever told the story in a podcast, but there's a gentleman, older gentleman, he's 80, in his 80s now, he might be in his 90s now. After 9-11, he bought a lot I mean a lot of downtown San Antonio. And the reason he bought a lot after downtown San Antonio is after 9-11, real estate crashed. And he said, everything's going to come back, but right now I can get deals on these properties. And San Antonio wasn't the market it is today. Mm -hmm. It was a much lower market. So what he did was now, probably about three or four years ago when he started selling off the land, he made crazy deals and crazy profit because he bought when everybody else was scared. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the things that like Warren Buffett and other investors say is when it's blood in the streets, play ball or when it's mm -hmm. blood in the streets invest. Is that what they say? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Something like that. So the reality of the situation is in the difficulty is the opportunity. You just have to be able to discover it. Right. Yeah. So there's somebody out there and I know this for sure 
who wants to sell that property right now. Mm-hmm. There's somebody out there who wants to buy a property right now. One. And you got to find the intersection in between it. Yeah. Now, this price might not work. Yeah. And they might not have enough money. So how do you bridge those two? Yeah. Right? How do you make that happen? And I know for us, on the new construction side, we're bridging that gap by, A, concentrating on affordable. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're getting help with this land from the government. Yep. Uh, we're building smaller, so we're getting help with this price by going down in size. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting as much as you would have been getting 18 months ago, but you're getting more than you would have gotten, you know, 18 months from now. Yeah. So the reality of the situation is finding that intersection between availability, price, and financing is the key. Yeah, and let me let me talk about it in a in a different format, right? Airbnb, mm-hmm. for example. Everybody is talking about Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to get an Airbnb. Everybody has an Airbnb, mm-hmm. specifically in our market in Houston, right? Yep. The market is hella saturated. So you have all of these options for Airbnb. Your price has to go down because we can get an Airbnb on every yep. corner. You know what I mean? Um, and so now I'm fine. I'm hearing Airbnb investors that are saying, like, we're not making what we used to make. We're not yep. making what. I mean, if everybody is running to it, you're already too late. Yep. You, you're already behind the curve. So it's the same thing, in my opinion, with the information about the interest rates and the rate hikes. If your conversation is about like, oh, this is bad, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Then you're already in trouble. The conversation really needs to be what opportunities exist in this time and making sure that you're aligned with those opportunities. Yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely uh, it's every man's game out here. So it's it's interesting to see. We definitely have to navigate it ourselves. We'll keep you guys abreast and and learn more about not only how this market is changing, but how we're going to continue to pivot in our businesses. And uh, we're kind of all riding this out together and finding the opportunity together. So this is a part of our community journey, right? Uh, This is what marriage and real estate is about because you got to navigate the marriage part and you got to navigate the real estate part. Yeah. So for those of you who are not subscribed, our analytics show us that lots of people watch it but are not subscribed. (laughs) That's true. Uh, So we definitely want you to subscribe, subscribe on all your podcast platforms, whether that's uh, the Play Store, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all the fun things. Uh, YouTube, like smash that like button, smash the subscribe button. I'm getting better at this every week. You, I mean, you just lit up. You went from damn near sleep at the, at the mic to like subscribe, smash smash that that like button. button. You got to smash it. That's the only way you do it. You got to live it up to smash it. No, but but thank you again for tuning in to another week of the marriage and real estate podcast. It's a crazy market out here, but there is always, always, always opportunity until next time. We out.